Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We've got all your NBA action covered from the weekend and maybe even a football update because we had a football game on Sunday. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Dave DeFour. we got Rob Lopez managing our loads. Ooh, we'll fix that in post. That's not good, Rob. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, we got another trade in the week before the deadline. We've got unrest in the Lakers locker room and a new Super Bowl champion has been crowned. But first, Kyrie Irving is too much and Russell Westbrook was not enough. On Sunday, Celtics 134, Thunder 129 in Boston. Seven-game win streak for the Thunder was snapped. Kyrie Irving just dominant with his decision-making. 30 points, 11 assists, 4 rebounds. He was 14-19 from the field, just 1-5 of from three-point range. But anytime he was inside the arc, he was just killer. Al Horford, 17 points, 9 assists. Eight different Celtics in double figures, including Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris. Both had really nice games shooting the ball. Uh, Gordon Hayward was the only Celtic to struggle. Three points on one of six from the field in 24 minutes off the bench. Paul George, fantastic. 37 points, 11 of, seven, or 11 of 27 from the field, uh, but he was a bad three-point shooter in this game, just 5 of 16 from deep. Russell Westbrook, 22 points, 16 assists, 12 rebounds. He got the triple-double, but he struggled to hit shots. He was 8 of 19 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep, 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Um, he did a great job, Dave, of getting the defense to collapse. And he would kick out to shooters. He'd kick to cutters. Like in terms of dissecting the defense, I thought he did a really good job. But something is not right. We've talked about this before, but something is not right. Like he's missing layups. He's he's not explosive towards the basket. He's way off on his jumper, on his mid-range jumper. Like something's weird with Russ. I I still think it's got to be the knee. You know, he had a procedure right before the season start. He he. Yep had to basically miss training camp. I was worried it was conditioning early, but now I'm thinking that there's something up with the knee. Uh, but also let's not just pay attention to the shooting because outside of the shooting, I stand by the fact that this is Russell Westbrook's best season. He's actually playing under control for the most part. He had a bad turnover at the end of this game. Yeah. Um, but I actually credit the Celtics defense for that. Kyrie Irving made a hell of a play on the ball. Uh, they were able to knock it away. It was good defense. Russ kind of got caught between three guys. I mean, it was a tough spot, but it was, it was good defense by the Celtics, bad turnover, but it was because of the defense, but he made it just the play before that. He made a really nice, nice pass to Jeremy Grant for a three. Um, I mean, he, he kept a minute with playmaking and the shots just aren't falling, but he's finding other ways to contribute. And that's what you want. I mean, that's, that's what star players do. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's fine for now. I think once the playoffs come around, they're going to need him to make shots. They're guarding him like he's Ben Simmons now. That's not going to work for this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be a tough strategy, but uh, you know, other guys stepped up there. They're, you know, Paul George was really good. I, the, my problem with the way Paul George is playing is he's carrying them throughout a lot of the games. And then I just don't know where he goes in the fourth quarter. I don't know yeah. where he goes in crunch time. And they, I think they've got to figure that out too, because against the better teams in the playoffs, you know, plenty of guys can step up like Terrence Ferguson hit a bunch of shots or, you know, hit some threes. Uh, Steven Adams was really good. Uh, Jeremy Grant, like you said, hit a clutch three. Dennis Schroeder was good off the bench. Like they have help. Um, so it's not like it's just like these two guys got to save them every night. But there is just something at the end of games that I don't like with them. Yeah, I'd like to see them run more stuff through Paul George like they do in the first half of games in particular. It seems like second quarters he really dominates. They could just do something similar in the fourth. Like it's, it's really not that complicated. Yeah. I will say, so this is, these are two best defenses in the league and it was a shootout, but not very often are the thunder going to allow 59.3% shooting yeah. from the field. So that was I wouldn't the best feel mark too of the bad season for them. the Celtics, right? Like Celtics yeah. had the best, there was their best shooting game of the season. Um, yeah. Like I think, I mean, this isn't like a, Oh my God, how'd they lose this game? Oh my God. Russ screwed this up. Like it's none of that. Like the Celtics were at home where they're fantastic and they were just better. 
And it's because I think it's mostly because uh, Kyrie down the stretch is the best closer in the game right now. Like he makes, he makes the best decision-making with the pass uh, with scoring. He's, he's, you know, when, when guy, like if you're cooking at your peak, I'll still take watching Steph over anybody. Cause I like watching him cook over, over anybody, but Kyrie is a very close second. Like when he's going, especially when he's dissecting in the games, like there's not many that are more fun to watch. I would say even in the history of the game because of just how he attacks. He's so creative. I mean, he just does stuff every game that it's like, I don't think I can remember seeing somebody do that. Yeah, he, he, he killed them. He killed Paul George with a and, and Stephen Adams with a hesitation dribble. Ooh, and I didn't even nasty. think and I didn't even think there was much to it until I watched the replay. And it yeah. was he sold his shoulders so subtly that you couldn't pick it up from the the high angle. And it totally roasted him. I mean, he, it was a wide open layup. Yeah. It was, it was no, beautiful. Nobody knew where he went. And then he had that late bucket, um, I think, against Terrence Ferguson. They got to switch on Terrence Ferguson. And as soon, soon as Terrence Ferguson, like, kind of. Uh, relaxes a little bit and his feet come together, Kyrie explodes, right? Like direct dribble um, to the right and then comes back and with the, the left-hand finger roll gets the bounce uh, to go in. And it's just he he notices as soon as you – it's very hard-nesque in that as soon as you make the littlest physical mistake, he pounces. Like his reaction time is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to shout out my guy Marcus Smart. Uh, another good shooting game, shooting career high, like 37% from three hit four tonight. Um, I looked at this stat since November 26th, when Marcus smart was inserted into the starting lineup, the Celtics have the second best offensive rating, the fifth best defensive rating and the highest net rating in the league. He's killing Marcus smart is killing my Brad take. He, well, he's been so good in the pick and roll. Like his decision-making the pick and roll is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy like this is who I thought he was going to be two years ago and he just wasn't there. And I, I'll put the blame on ankle injuries and this could be a fluke season. You know, it, we need to it, see it more it, than just it's a, now. It's a, it's a fluke season shooting the ball. The Duke hey, listen, ball. man, he's, but he is a guy that he's, he's Jay Crowder in us. He's a positive contributor, even if he doesn't shoot like this. But Absolutely. When he does. Absolutely. Holy sh- yeah, no, he, no, he's definitely like whether he can hit shots or not, he's a positive contributor because the defense is so good. His decision-making with the ball is really good. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying the shooting after, after three and a half months. Like that's not a, that's not something I'm going to do on this podcast. That's for should, sure. Should Gordon Hayward go to the G league? Dude, it's, um, I don't know what to do at this point. Cause he had one play where I think he was cutting. They found him as a cutter. And he looks so uncomfortable attacking. He tried to get a follow up with the uh, Nerlens Noel around and just looks so um, I don't even want to say scared. He just looked out of place. Like he just there's no comfort in him right now. So, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's got to find some positive minutes somewhere. And I don't I, think, I don't know how you do that. I think it I think it should be an option. I mean, I, I just think like swallow the pride, go to the G League and get yourself back together mentally and then come back. All right, everybody, listen up. Join us for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up for an account. You deposit $5. FanDuel's going to match that $5. So now you got 10 bucks in your account, and you get to play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. Win the FanDuel challenge, the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. You get to come on the mailbag. Join us. You get to ask questions, answer questions, chop it up with us. Jade doesn't know how to kick you off the – the call anyway, so you can stay as long as you want, really. So you just go to fanduel.com slash B2B, sign up, deposit money, play with B2B listeners, and win. 
All right, Dave, let's get to the news of the weekend. I'd say the biggest news of the weekend is that Luke Walton had a heated exchange with a couple of veterans after the loss of the Warriors on Saturday. Shams Tarania of The Athletic reporting that there was a heated scene that happened due to frustrations over role and playing time distribution. Luke Walton was telling the team, he was going off on the team saying they're playing selfishly, they're not playing team basketball, they're not playing for each other. JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, and I believe Josh Hart all voiced displeasure with the roles and minutes. Uh, it is also reported that Beasley and Walton spoke after the incident and smoothed things out because Beasley just wanted clarity on his role. But clearly, uh, you know, when the LeBron's away, uh, the substitute teacher will play or whatever that saying is. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but like it's, there's some uneasiness. There's some unrest. Obviously the trade rumors are going to have guys on edge. Like it's, it's a lot going on in that locker room. Yeah. It's pretty convenient that this stuff happened on a night when LeBron wasn't around, you know, it's like, uh, I'm not going to say manufactured, but man, it certainly helps if, uh, Luke Walton gets fired and, and LeBron wasn't there to kind of push him to the edge, you know? Yeah. That would, uh, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if he wasn't there to push him to the edge, <laughs> pushing something. I, I just want everyone to know Lance Stevenson was not a part of this. Okay. Yeah. It's not, not that yet. it didn't happen. Right. He was not a part of it. That's the most important takeaway from this whole thing. Uh, but you know, Beasley wanting clarity on his role. Like, I, I guess I can understand that, but, um, it, it, this may have been just blown up over nothing. Sure. Um, as you said, everyone in there probably feels a target on themselves knowing that, essentially they're on the table for Anthony Davis and that can't make you feel comfortable. And then you lose a game where you, you actually had it in hand until boogie decided to destroy Kyle Kuzma. Oh, for RFP Kyle Kuzma. That was vicious. Uh, Lakers lost 115, 101 in that game, only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter in a game. They lost by 14. They were, they were down 12 in the fourth, uh, 27, 15, the fourth. Um, so that's uh, you know, like you said, they had they had a chance to get a big win on the road without LeBron, and they just couldn't bring it. And then that's frustration that boils over. Luke Walton's gonna be mad. Other guys gonna be mad, um, except like you said, Lance, because I probably because Lance had the third most shots in that game. And that's too many, right? Like, oh, I mean, oh god, yeah, he's terrible. Like, why are we pretending to be mad? Why are we pretending? Yeah, why are we pretending that this is a good team? Like, this is my thing. It's like people are always like, "You're so hard on the Lakers." It's like, no, they're not a good team. No, just if LeBron's not on the court. Yeah. They're no good. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's and and they're not set up to be successful without LeBron. This team was built around LeBron. So if LeBron's not there, like they're going to be bad, and that's that's okay because that's how it is. That's just the setup. Uh, speaking of bad with the Lakers, uh, apparently Magic Johnson offered up a hilarious trade proposal to Dell Demps. According to Woj, Lakers offered Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first round pick. Dave, in in what world would this be enough? Hey, uh, Zach. Uh, let me give you a dime and you give me a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> is, is that a I mean, good like, trade Kuz- to you? Kuzma and Lonzo, like those are nice pieces. The first round pick, that's a nice piece. But like, what do they want Rondo for if they're giving up Anthony Davis? What do they want Beasley for? Like, you got to give Ingram, you got to give Hart, like you got to give all these guys. Well, they had Rondo and, and they could have signed Michael Beasley, right? Like, I, I, like they don't want these guys. Who, who right. cares about these guys? Right. It's Lonzo Kuzma in a first round pick is the deal that was offered really. And, uh, that's just not enough, man. Anthony Davis is a generational talent. He's a top five NBA player right now. Who's 25 years old. You're about to have him for the next at least six years. Cause he's yeah. going to sign that deal. Uh, I just don't understand. Like, what are we doing? I just, what are we doing? I don't, I don't think there's too much you can give up, especially if it's the Lakers. Like shades I, of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. 
in it kind of feels proposal. the same. And uh, shocker that for a while, Dell Denzel wasn't returning calls. I can't imagine why. Seems like such a confusing situation. And then we did actually have a trade with a playoff team in the West. The Portland Trailblazers have traded for Rodney Hood. Cavaliers are sending Hood to the Blazers in exchange for Wade Baldwin, Nick Stauskas, and two second-round picks. Uh, I'm still on the Rodney Hood train. I think he's. I think he can be good. Uh, I think he's a much better player. He was a he was a good player before he went to the Cavs last year. He was good on the on the Jazz, and I think that he can find a role with this Blazers team. I think he'll he'll be able to come in with that second unit and and contribute it pos- positively for them. Yeah, I, I've always been high on Hood. Um, I, I've been I've kind of cooled on him in the last like year or so. Sure. Um, he just hadn't shown me the things that I thought he was going to do. I thought when Hayward left, he was going to be like a 20 point a game scorer. The injuries it, that he's had just, it just doesn't help him out much. He had a calf injury last year and then Donovan Mitchell happened. And all of a sudden you don't really need Rodney hood. Uh, let's see what happens when he goes to the blazers who could definitely use a wing scorer. And let's not overlook what the Cavaliers are doing. They've picked up one first round pick and six second round picks so far this season by trading away guys that are just not useful for them going forward. That's huge. When you're, when you're a bad team and you're trying to rebuild, that's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. You got to start acquiring those assets. All right. Because it was Super Bowl Sunday, just two games in the NBA outside of that Celtics thunder game. Uh, we'll start with Grizzlies 96 Knicks 84 in New York, Dennis Smith, Jr. Deandre Jordan and Wes Matthews all made their Knicks debuts. And guess what, Dave, the, the Knicks still suck. They're, they're still still really bad team. Dennis Smith Jr. finished with eight points, six assists, three rebounds on three of nine shooting. DeAndre Dorton had uh, 12 points, 12 rebounds. Wes Matthews off the bench, five points, two of eight shooting, one of seven from deep. Kevin Knox led the Knicks with 17 points on five of 18 shooting. But just a brutal guy. I watched the majority of this game. I, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the fourth quarter, but I watched the majority of this game. And oh my God, it was brutal. Uh, Grizzlies just stifled them. Dennis Smith and, and Deandre had like a little pick and roll with a lob. And I was like, Oh no, the Knicks are going to ruin their tank. No, 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 there's no. no danger of that. Mike Conley, 25 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Marcus all 24 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Uh, Justin holiday hit five threes on his way to 19 points. Jaron Jackson jr. 16 points and seven rebounds as uh, man, again, the Knicks scored 84 points in an of, NBA game in of 2019 guys of those four guys. You just mentioned for the Grizzlies, three of them are going to be nice pieces for some team by Thursday. Maybe hopefully I hope sell them off, build around Jaron Jackson jr. That's the what Grizzlies I say. stink. Oh, they suck. Yeah. I mean, they only beat this Knicks team by 12. That Knicks team sucks. They both suck. The first. Yeah. Raptors 121, Clippers 103 in Toronto. Uh, one Steve Bomber attending this game in Toronto. Just a quick little quick little jet setting to Toronto. No tampering, to, no no tampering. tampering at all. The, probably to check out Oh, maybe Kawhi Leonard who had 18 points, five rebounds in 26 minutes. Uh, Pascal Siakam with 15, Serge Ibaka 16 and 12. CJ miles had 15 off the bench. Delon Wright had 14 Raptors dominated had a, in the second quarter, 42 point second quarter to kind of separate this thing. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander led the clips with 19. Lou Williams had 18 off the bench, tough shooting night for uh, Harrison, really all the Clippers. Tobias had 13 points on 18 shots. Clippers were just two of 12 from deep. They only got 12, three point shots off in this game. That's weird. This was, this was a second night of a back to back. And as a matter of fact, like it was uh less than 24 hour turnaround for, yeah. for the Clippers. They were in Detroit and had that, that tight game. Uh, and then the Raptors had a day off. I mean, you can actually just look at the stats and you look at the first and second quarter and you can say, Oh, the Clippers look like they had no legs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They just didn't have anything to, to bring in this game. And, you know, they started Montrez Harrell. Um, they, you know, they started like kind of an energy unit with, with 
Shea with Bradley with Beverly with Tobias and Montrez, but it just, man, just nothing there. Uh, Boban did have 10 and nine in 17 minutes though. That's something. That's what he does, man. That's that's what he does. Boban Boban out and uh, the most efficient enough. player in NBA history. Mo, I mean, he, he's the Wilt Chamberlain of per 30, per thirty six minute stats. All right, everybody. Less than a month until the Boston Live Show Saturday, March second, at the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference at the Middle East in Boston. Tickets are on sale. We got a few tickets left. VIP sold out, but plenty of uh, general admission available as we uh, as we start filling this place up. You can get your tickets uh, through the Count the Things Twitter page or Jade Hoy's Twitter page. Just go uh, go to either of those. We got the Ticket Fly information in there. Uh, again, March second, Saturday, March second end of the Sloan Analytics Conference at the Middle East in Boston. Come hang out with us. Have a good time. It's always a great show. Dave, since it was such a big part of Sunday, we got to go cross sports here. Patriots 13, Rams 3 in Atlanta, Georgia. Super Bowl, I don't know, what was it? 53? Super Bowl 53? I think it was L and a couple of I's, um, but it was an L for the Rams in what is being called by myself the most boring Super Bowl of all time. It was 3-3 heading into the fourth quarter. We didn't have a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Just an awful, awful game. Julian Edelman was the best player for the Patriots. One MVP. The best player for the Rams? Their punter, Johnny Hecker. Come Hecker high water. The Rams <laughs> were probably going to score at some point, but they screwed it up. They couldn't do it. Uh, there were commercials. The commercials, I guess, were, like not even the commercials were the highlights. There was like an ASMR for beer at one point. Uh, I don't really know what to do with this game. The halftime show was horrendous. Maroon Five. I never want to see a Maroon Five performance ever again. Are they I don't from know. Atlanta? No, they're from LA. Listen, man. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to do something in Atlanta, why wouldn't you have like Atlanta is known for so many other like musical acts. I heard big boy was there. Big boy showed up. Travis Scott was there for like 45 seconds. Um, They couldn't get 21 Savage. uh, Wait, turns out, you know, he might have Brexited his way out of this country uh, earlier today with uh, that whole thing. That was the biggest upset of the day. Not the Rams losing, not the Patriots not being any good, even though they won. It was finding out that 21 Savage is British. How did that happen? Is that a bigger L than the 28 to three comeback for this, for the city of Atlanta? Oh, it might be. I mean, they're right there. At least the, at least everyone expected the, uh, the Falcons to lose that game because the Falcons <laughs> always lose. Uh, and here's what I asked Dave, should yeah. this ring count for Tom Brady? Cause he wasn't any good. Sure. I mean, he, he's not, I mean, this is not the worst performance someone's had in a, you know, in a championship game. Oh, he Peyton Manning, this thing, it shouldn't count. He's still got five rings in my book. <laughs> Wait, oh, Peyton Manning, you know, does his count? It didn't count that Broncos won. Hell yeah, no. sure. He didn't win that The defense won that. He, he dilfered it. He couldn't even he throw a football it. in that commercial. He dilfered it. It's fine. It is what it is. He dilfered. It sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch this game. I'm going to be honest. I didn't oh, watch man, it. You made the right decision. That Listen, this game sucked. I just, here's my thing, man. Like, and I, I don't want to be the guy who just the NBA guy who just hates on the NFL, but it's, it's like a three to three and a half hour commitment to watch a game. And you might get like two minutes of actual action. There's a lot of commercials. It's, it's a sport built just for television and sounds for like selling you stuff. Sounds like my dating life, Dave. 
All right, let's get to the line of the weekend. Close this thing out. Uh, we got a bunch of candidates. Paul George, 43-7-5 and and a win over the Miami Heat on Friday. Nikola Jokic, 31-13-9 and and a win over the Rockets on Friday. Lou Williams had 39 points, 9 assists, and a win over the Pistons on Saturday. Kemba had 37 Ten and seven, and a win over the Bulls. Uh, Giannis thirty-seven and ten, and a win over the Wizards. Luka Doncic had thirty-five and eleven. James Harden had forty-three, twelve and five uh, on Saturday. Who's your Who's your line of the weekend? Who had oh, the best? James Harden, man. I, I don't know how he continues to do this. Teams know he's coming. They know he's gunning, and and yet he drops another forty-point game. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And beats Utah, who's a good team, by himself essentially. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, you know what? I'm going to go commercial. I'm going line of the weekend because I can't get it out of my head. There was a Mr. Peanut commercial where Mr. Peanut is driving. I guess it's the nutmobile. I don't know what it is, but they end the commercial with him with someone yelling. Go get him, nutman! Go get him, nutman. <laughs> That's how they tagged a Super Bowl commercial. And then this account, Mr. Peanut, is getting out of pocket because they just they tweeted something a little bit ago that said down set nut hashtag crunch time. So Mr. Peanut gets my line of the weekend. Um, I'm going away from basketball on this one. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the things. Subscribe to the back to back podcast feed. Uh, We'll have new uh, basketball buds on Tuesday. Nerd she wrote on Thursday. Mailbag coming out on Friday. Uh, And we'll probably have some kind of trade deadline. Uh, emergency pod i'm assuming sometime on thursday when that whole thing goes down uh go subscribe to black opinions matter monday feed you can find that on all podcast platforms don't forget to rate subscribe review to that to this the daily ding to kian fahi's nfl pod the interceptable house of strauss packing knives all of our stuff thanks for waking up with us thanks for eating that cold pizza as you listen to us brush your teeth go to work pretend to work as you uh, refresh that rumor mill for the trade deadline dave hit me with the sign off ding ding Down, set, nut.